This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for What in the World with Paul Seaburn. Not his sidekick, John Donalo, due to technical difficulties. Yeah. Again, this program is being brought to you by Yes, I Can Coaching with Karen. That's me. And we also want to say that the Panther City lacrosse men's team is a proud viewer of what in the world, along with an abundance of people who know John and Paul. Welcome to What in the World. Wow, welcome everybody. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much, Karen Hale. That was Karen Hale, media mogul at newclevelandradio.net and our producer and our sponsor through Yes, I Can Coaching with Karen. So we got all that. Plus, a big shout out again to our sports, uh, our, our sports link, the Panther City lacrosse team down in uh, Fort Worth. Are they in Fort Worth? or They, they actually are Fort Worth. That's the okay. Panther City. Fort Worth. Panther City, right. Panther City. Yeah. I was going to say they were Fort Worth-ish, if yeah. that's a word. But they're in Fort Worth. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, great. And and as Karen said, welcome to all of our friends out there, um, wherever you are. And we know that you're around the world, just like our show, What in the World is Around the World. Uh, we've got we've got listeners and and viewers both live and and later in the future on on uh, YouTube. We love we love the the fact that you're joining us on what has to be, as far as we're concerned, the most unusual, strange, funny news show on the air today. That that's airwaves. That's podcast. That's listening in a can with a string to another can. No matter how you get your news. That's the way it is, and that's what we—that's what you're getting from what in the world. Real news, sometimes strange, always funny. Whew, got yeah. all that in. Um, I am Paul Sieber, and I am your host. Uh, I am also the editor and head writer at uh, MysteriousUniverse.org. You can see some some more great stories uh, similar to the ones we're doing today on uh, on that uh, website. Um, visit me on Facebook. I like to put, post jokes during the week. Sometimes some of the stories that you'll be hearing about today in greater depth, I'll test them out on, on um, Facebook. You can be part of the whole process and whether we decide to do it or not. So be, be, a, be a big part of the team. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so I, I um, so we're sorry John's not here. Uh, to disappoint all of you, we had a good sport. We will be um, saving it for next week. So uh, be sure to tune in for the for that. Uh, what do we got going on here this week? Some great stories, Karen. Boy, wait till you hear this. Uh, everybody's been asking what happened to the Loch Ness monster. We haven't talked about the Loch Ness monster in quite a while. Good news: the first Loch Ness monster sighting of 2024 happened uh, just a couple days ago, and we, you know, we're right at the top of the uh, the list of people that the, the monster contacts, his PR person contacts us to let us know so we can be one of the first news uh, programs to bring it to you, even with a photo. So um, let's see, what else do we have? How to make $10,000 using yogurt. Oh, where do you hear this? Boy, if you like, yogurt, even if you don't like yogurt, this is, this is for you. Uh, something worse than snakes on a plane. Boy, wait, if, you, if you're taking a, a, a plane trip, you need to listen to this story coming soon. Um, the worst way to run a marathon. Boy, this is a very popular, very popular uh, story on Facebook this week. Uh, Frank Zappa's connection to flatus ignition. So we're going to find out what flatus ignition is and why Frank Zappa is connected to it. Do you know what flatus ignition is, Karen? I have no idea. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you to take a guess or try and figure it out. Let's see. What else do we have? Oh, how to get slaughtered in Louisiana. That's slaughtered, S-L-A-W. You'll find out why I said it that way if you tune into the show. Plus, more odd news, uh, world records, trivia, uh, we don't have a sport this week, but we've got Bluff the co-host, everybody's favorite weird news game. Oh, so, I get to with, win. John's not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I'll play for John. We'll oh, make sure. darn. <laughs> <laughs> poor John. Poor John. He's working. Let me tell you, all, all the John Danilo fans out there, he's working hard trying to get on. So he may join us at some point. Uh, 
you know, these technical problems are, uh, you know, I said this the other, just the other day, I was in the technical business back in the 70s. I learned computers when I was in high school. Computers were supposed to make our life easier. Has it? No. I can hear all of you shouting, no, <laughs> no matter where you are in the world. It hasn't. It's made it worse. So, so, you know, we're not picking on John because of that. We're picking on John just because he's John. So let's get right to the Loch Ness Monster. Everybody wants to know about the Loch Ness Monster. So the uh, first sighting of 2024 was by, you know, the guy that I do pick on because I'm, I, I'm upset with him. The arm, I call him the armchair Loch Ness spotter. His name is A.N.O. Fadehagen. I'm pronouncing his name correctly now. He lives in Ireland. And what he does is he sits in his chair all day watching online feeds from Loch Ness. And whenever he sees uh, something pop out of the water, he hits record and then he sends it to the uh, official registry and he gets credit for a Loch Ness sighting. I think that's wrong. I think, you know, if you're not there sniffing that good, fresh, Loch Ness air and, and looking with your binoculars or whatever you're looking within your iPhone, it shouldn't count. Um, it's almost so, like and, those traffic monitors, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I Nobody don't think it's fair. That's what yeah. he is. He's a living traffic monitor. That's what he is. Yeah. You have to be there. You have to be there. So, so you know, of course, he, he got the first one. He was so excited, he almost fell out of his lazy boy, you know, get, get, almost didn't get it. Um, and of course, in, in Ireland, it's not lazy boys, they're lazy old boys. So um, he was in his lazy old boy watching TV and he saw it. Now, you know, he was so excited. It could have been something else. In fact, um, I think it was on Sunday. And I, I have a photo here of what it could have been. Um, it could have been this monster right here. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kansas <just>, City. <laughs> it, it, yeah, <laughs> that's just... Jason Kelsey, I, I think just about everybody in the United States was watching Taylor Swift um, on the, uh, uh, the AFC NFL playoffs against between Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills. When uh, Travis is, uh, you know, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, as my wife or as my, uh, my niece told me, Taylor Swift's boyfriend is on the team and his brother was, was blocking her view of Taylor Swift. Ah. And that, yeah, he's he definitely he took his shirt off. He definitely looks like some sort of monster. I'm not yeah. sure what. Yeah, but this was not what he saw. Um, what he saw was this right here. Let's take a photo. I'll show you the photo here with a convenient circle there. So you, in case you can't see it. Um, <clears throat> so uh, it's it, there's a there, you can see a wake uh, for those of you who are not watching on YouTube. And one, I wonder, why are you not watching on YouTube? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look us up later on YouTube. Anyways, so there's a wake heading, I believe, from uh, right to left this time. Um, so I'm not sure what direction that is. Uh, that would be from west to east, I think, on, uh, on the lock. And uh, he said that um, he felt deja vu because he had spotted the Loch Ness Monster in that same spot last year, late last year. So what he thinks is he has finally honed in on uh, a single monster with multiple sightings, which is unusual, which is unusual because most people go to the lock and then they leave and, and you know, they, they get one chance. So, um, so he thinks he has the Loch Ness Monster figured out. Um, he said, this is the first time I've captured it early in the morning, moving north. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. He said, he even said he's moving north. I had previously captured it moving south late in the evening and near dark. So not only was it different directions, also different times. He said, we discovered from the first time that Nessie forages one way in the morning when it's light and travels back when the light of the evening is going to dusk. The question in his mind is, why and where is this creature going in the morning and returning in the evenings in the same area of the lock? My answer, he's going to get fish and chips where everybody goes during the day. Um, <clears throat> So I don't know. He's a giant water creature. They swim all day. They're looking for food. I mean, you know, they're looking for fish. If he wasn't swimming, he'd be the Loch Ness Rock, not the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> he can, Ian, you can figure this much out. Um, so he says maybe Nessie rests during the day and rests on these ledges 
that are in the depths of, of the lack. Maybe lock. he and goes to work. Maybe he's got a job. Karen, yeah. you know, maybe he's posing for T-shirts down, you know, down by some uh, T-shirt factory down there. They've got an artist that wants uh, realistic renditions of the Loch Ness Monster. Sure. So he's posing, he or she is posing for photograph, uh, for drawing. Or they could be, you know, trying to mess with the people that are, that are uh, uh, attempting to capture it on film. Uh, so uh, uh, to me, Ian is projecting, you know, he can't find the Loch Ness Monster during the day. So he's blaming the Loch Ness Monster. I'm blaming the fact that he's taking a nap during the day. And, <laughs> you know, he, he's nodded off in his lazy old boy and the Loch Ness Monster goes by, probably sticks its face right up to the camera, but he's probably. asleep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't blame, don't go blaming the monster. Um, so any, so, so he says, yeah, they're, they're, they're make people are there making noise and scaring it away. I don't think so. I don't think so, Ian. I think he's either asleep or he switched the channel. He's watching his soap operas. Those Irish soap operas, everybody watches it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, I'm done picking on Ian. Uh, let's see who else I can pick on. Oh, so there's this thing. I didn't know this. It's called Dry January. Have you heard of that, Karen? Dry yes, January? Yes, I have. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's when people give up drinking for the month of January. You know, you right. go out on New Year's Eve and you party to, and you got a hangover on, on New Year's Day and you say, you, you know, many people say, I'm never going to drink again. That usually doesn't work out. But now the trend is to say, I'm going to take a dry January sure. and take January to dry out and, and you know, to do different things, drink different concoctions besides those with alcohol in them. So, so this, this is great for people. This is bad news for the people who sell alcohol, like Miller, the people who make Miller beer and Miller light. Um, in fact, in fact, I made a note here, um, about dry January. When I first heard the term dry January, I thought that it was people who gave up wearing their depends for the month of January. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to train themselves to, you know, go to the bathroom more often or hold it or whatever it is. But um, anyways, so the people who make um, um, uh, Miller beer, forgot what, forgot who I was talking about. Where did they go? Oh, I haven't gotten to that one yet. <laughs> this is uh let's see what do i have coming up next on the photo oh okay <laughs> so, so we can't blame I, this on zoom i can't but no i can't blame this on zoom okay so we're going to talk about how to make ten thousand dollars with your yogurt i'll tell you the, the brand name i put the cup up here it's called siggy's yogurt siggy's is the icelandic yogurt um so um uh it's made by siggy's dairy which is not in Iceland, but it's in New York of all places. Um, so, um, uh, so Siggy's has something called the Digital Detox Program, where um, uh, they're they're offering ten thousand dollars to anyone who does a digital detox. Now, what is that? A digital detox means you give up using your iPhone for a month. Now. They, they allow you to, they'll, 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 if you're selected to do this, they'll, they'll send you a, um, a flip phone. So you can't take videos or anything like that. All you can do is use it as a phone, not like all the other stuff that you use sure. your iPhone. Uh, they give you a one month uh, SIM card and three months worth of yogurt, which by the way, I've had Siggy's yogurt and three months worth of Siggy's yogurt cost about $10,000. So you're, you know, they're actually getting $20,000 if you make it. Yeah. Through. Okay. Expensive yogurt. Yeah, it really is. It's called, they don't call it yogurt in Iceland. They call it skier, S-K-Y-R, skier is how it's pronounced, Icelandic. With, <laughs> skier is what I said when I saw the price of uh, Siggy's yogurt. <laughs> I'm scared of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's named after the founder, Siggy Hilmarsson. Siggy Hilmarsson is his name. He called it Siggy because a cheesy yogurt from Iceland would turn Americans off, right? Because that's what it is. It's kind of a cross between cottage cheese and yogurt, uh, which doesn't sound very appealing no. at all. So he just calls it Siggy. Um, the um, uh, and and I didn't even know that they had. Uh, uh, more cheese in a 
because um, it's so cold there. You know, they, I didn't even think they had cows. You know, oh, they had frozen yogurt or ice cream. But uh, uh, anyways, the uh, so Karen, would you give your smartphone up for a month? Um, probably not because I do all my business on it. Well, your business on it. And there's no way you could do your business on a flip phone. I don't right. think, I don't think I could either. So, um, uh, but however, you could finally see where you're walking, you know, instead of walking with, uh, while, while using your iPhone. Or no, driving. You, or driving. That's yeah. even worse. Yeah. No, we don't, we, we don't support that at all. Walking, walking's bad enough. Driving while looking at your iPhone is against the law in most places. So. Uh, so anyways, Siggy's is um, uh, offering $10,000 if you can go the entire month without using your iPhone and they make, oh. they take it away from you. Um, so if you want to do it, go to the Siggy's website. They have all the information on how to, how to uh, sign up for it. Well, the uh, month is almost over. It would be very easy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's what the 23rd now. You don't need oh, eight yeah. days left. I think for next month. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I had a note here. I was I was keeping score. I, I had to look up when I bought Siggy's last, and it was it was the day after I won the lottery. So oh, um, oh you did, huh? <laughs> I made just enough to buy a Siggy's. Yeah, ten thousand dollars. Okay, this was a hot story on the internet this week. Um, a passenger on SpiceJet, which is a discount airline in um, India, was flying from Mumbai to Bengaluru. I have no idea where that's at, but I'm guessing it's also in India. When he went to the bathroom early in a one hour and 45 minute flight and the door got jammed and he couldn't get out and the flight attendants couldn't open the door from the outside. Already customers on Boeing are demanding this option because they don't want to sit anywhere where the door might blow out. And yeah. they <laughs> I think wow. I, I think I have a photo of what, yeah, there you go. There's a spice jet, a nice looking jet, not very spicy, more, more whitish. Uh, so anyway, so the flight, I, I couldn't believe this. The flight attendants passed him a note under somehow underneath the door. They said, sir, we tried our best to open the door. However, we could not do not panic. Now, remember, he is early into an almost two-hour flight. He's going to have to sit in the toilet oh for my two God. hours. Yeah. He says, do not panic. We are landing in a few minutes. So they must have slipped him the note towards the end. Please close the commode lid and sit on it and secure yourself. As soon as the main door is open, an engineer will come. How how would he secure himself in the bathroom? What, I he take, what I yeah, don't he know. Took, Toilet paper and wrapped himself there. He tied himself to the sink with toilet paper. There's nothing else in there to use. Uh, you know what? You put put the soap in his ears. I I don't know. I couldn't. But figure you out know, what... you would be secure because there's no place to move, anyways. That's true. That's true. Um, they offered him a full refund, and he said, "You know, <laughs> even though, as Karen points out, it's awfully tight." in the lavatory, it was still a better seat than sitting in the middle seat in the last row, which he had. That's right. <laughs> and no, and no, you know, no smelly people sitting next to him or, or, or falling asleep on him or no screaming babies. He actually had it pretty good. So um, the good thing he didn't finish the, the in-flight meal, which was curry, because then he's in the lavatory and, and you know, what's going to happen after he ate a big bowl of curry. Um, <laughs> Or, or worse, if um, if he had bean tacos, or or worse, if it was a flight out of Cleveland and they were serving cabbage and noodles, and Ooh. then you go to the bathroom and get stuck, yeah, you know, that was a segue <laughs> into our next story, which is about cabbage. So speaking of cabbage, this story comes from Louisiana. Uh, home gardener by the name of uh, uh, Jenny Borg set a new state of Louisiana record for the largest cabbage when her giant saboro cabbage weighed in at 44 pounds, 44 and a little more than uh, uh, one-tenth of a pound, with a circumference of seven feet, two inches. Here you go. Here's a photo wow. of, of that cactus. Yeah. Why oh, did she? Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's huge. She's hiding behind it. She can actually hide behind it. She can almost hide behind it with her husband over there. Uh, 
Jenny said the cabbage that, that we're looking at the photos of here is already gone. And she and her husband ate it in casseroles and served it with ham, which explained there was a cloud over Louisiana last week. Everybody thought that it was either a hurricane or maybe some, some uh, a gas leak from one of the oil companies. It wasn't. It was Jenny and her husband oh eating the cabbage. <laughs> now, we talk about Louisiana a lot on the show. All of our listeners know that, Karen. Um, we don't normally associate Louisiana with cabbage. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. These things. So I'm, I'm thinking that they must serve it with something. Um, but what I mean, do you make cabbage rolls out of alligator? I, I, you know, they're big enough that you could roll a whole person in it, which I don't even want to uh, think. That yeah, I don't even want to go there. No. Maybe roadkill. Maybe they 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 get some big roadkill and roll it roll it up in uh, these giant cabbage leaves. But it's huge. Now, it's huge in Louisiana. I did some calculations, and forty four pounds of cabbage in Cleveland is about half what you need for cabbage and noodles for a tailgate party before a Browns game. So you know, or if you're making uh, uh, Polish boys. You know, you, you know what the Polish boy is. We've talked about all of that. That's a kielbasa covered with um, a sauerkraut on a hot dog bun. Um, I forget what else is in there. Mustard, probably some cheese, probably some onions. Uh, anyways, so so that would be perfect. They ought to be sending these up to Cleveland. We would eat them, you know. You know, if you look behind her on the picture, that's why people should be watching us on YouTube. It looks like she has some other big foliage behind her too. Oh, I think so. I think she yeah. must be she must be using some special kind of fertilizer. I don't know. I she, think so. Yeah. 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 Maybe uh, alligator manure or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else would you get? What else is there a lot of in in Louisiana? I'm not I sure. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I'd say they're the size of real blankets. That's how big these the, these. Uh, um, leaves are the uh, which you know if john were here john had an annual super bowl party these would be perfect for his super bowl party for making uh uh maybe stuffed cabbage or he yeah. could roll an entire pig in one of those you know have a, a, a pig in the blanket um but of course i would have i would have pointed this out it was john were here that john doesn't do any of the cooking for his super bowl party that would be his lovely wife and that uh and and i know what annette's answer would be to Getting giant cabbage from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl party. <laughs> I think we can all guess. <laughs> That's right, but it's a family show. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. Um, okay, speaking of Super Bowl party, um, it's oh, so here we go. Here, here comes our dry January. It's a good thing we're not in January, uh, the, the Super Bowl, because some people would still be in dry January and um uh, they wouldn't be drinking beer. They'd be drinking something else, which, you know, that, which is the traditional drink of the Super Bowl. So to help their customers, uh, you know, Miller beer is, is, is panicking because so many people are not drinking Miller Lite during the um, dry January. They, 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 to help you get through dry January without forgetting what the taste of their beer tastes like, Miller Lite came out with this. They're called beer mints oh my gosh and a can, yeah, can. it looks like a can, an altoid can but instead it has artificially flavored beer mints in it uh, it's a non-alcoholic candy that tastes like spearmint when you first pop it in your mouth but changes to a beer flavor once you chomp on it uh, does that sound appealing to you karen you know i've had beer twice in my life and i keep asking myself why did i drink it Ah, what would you would you drink wine? Would you eat wine mints or uh... wine mints? Yes, but <laughs> beer mints. Beer. I I'm not going to even say what I think it tastes like. So okay, yeah, yeah, and, and then if it tastes like Miller Lite, that's even worse. So uh, this is such a bad idea. You know, Miller Lite likes to um, use sports figures in their um, in their commercial. This idea was so bad they they were pitching it around to sports players and. They, they had to scrape the bottom of the barrel, which was the third string of the Carolina Panthers, the worst team in the NFL. They found one kickoff returner who said, yeah, I might, I might do a commercial for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how bad it is. So back in our day, when, when we were, um, uh, you know, 
first drinking Miller Lite. Beer mint was uh, was the can of Altoids that you kept in your glove box just in case you got pulled over by the police right. when you got yep. home after a date. Yeah, that's what that's what beer mints were. You know, I wasn't drinking, officer. Um, I I stopped at the at the salad bar and I had a mint salad. That's what this is. Um, <laughs> so, so or or you told the cop that you were drinking Miller Lite and they felt sorry for you and they said, well, okay, don't do that again. Go home. <laughs> Back in the old days. Back in the old days, when when the cops would actually let you drive home, you know, or they'd follow you home. That never happens either. Not anymore. Anyway. Yeah, the best part of Miller Lite um, <laughs> was not the taste. It was the commercials. And Karen, I, I know you've watched a few uh, football games and yeah. sports events in your day. Miller Lite is known for having sports figures in their commercials. Famous for them. Going all the way back, they had Ray Nitschke, they had Ben Davidson, Bubba Smith. The best one, uh, they even had Mickey Spillane, who's not a sports figure, but wow. yeah, yeah, a, a detective uh, thriller author. He he made a famous commercial for them. Uh, but the most famous one was uh, former Milwaukee Brewers catcher and then later Milwaukee Brewers broadcaster, Bob Euchre. Oh. And Bob Euchre, very funny guy. He used to be yep. on a Tonight Show all the time. Uh, he did a he did a great commercial where he goes down to a seat and he sits down and all the people you know he thinks everybody knows he's Bob Euchre this big celebrity and they come that usher comes down and says I, I'm sorry sir you're in the wrong seat and he picks him up and Bob Euchre's famous line was oh I I got a better seat I must be in the front row and then the next time you see him you now there's Bob Euchre right there next time you see him he's sitting way in the back in the absolute. <laughs> you know, double Z road in the upper upper deck where you can barely see the game. Those today, to this day, and those were in the 1980s, those commercials came out. To this day, those seats are known as Euchre seats. And every, really? yeah, huh. yeah. You, you tell somebody you were sitting in a Euchre seat and everybody knows you were sitting in the last row of the, of the upper deck or in the bleachers or someplace bad like that. Um, so anyway, so salute to Bob Euchre. He passed away a few years ago. Very, very funny guy. Um, heavyweight boxing champ Joe Frazier did another famous one where he sang. Joe Frazier was a singing boxer. Uh, hard to believe. He actually had a good voice. Um, and uh, uh, so so he, he had a commercial. Uh, Baltimore Orioles first baseman, Boog Powell, one of the great names of all time for baseball, Boog Powell. And a former umpire, Jim Honacek did a commercial and uh, they're sitting at the bar and they're drinking Miller Lite and they're doing the taste great, less filling and all that. And then the umpire puts his glasses on and looks up and he goes, Oh, Hey, you're Boog Powell. So it's a great, great, you know, play on, on uh, umpires. Um, uh, football player, Bubba Smith. He said um, he liked the easy opening can in his commercial. And then he ripped the, the entire top of the can off with his bare hand. Very funny. And then finally, Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner. This is for our older listeners. Billy Martin was the longtime manager of the Yankees. George Steinbrenner was the owner. Both hot-headed, both feuding all the time. They Billy Martin kept getting fired and rehired and fired and rehired. So the commercial of Taste Great Less Filling was obviously perfect for them. And that's exactly what they did back and forth. Um, now, I'm guessing that many of our listeners remember all of those commercials which is my suggestion to the people who run the Super Bowl or the NFL or whoever the powers that be are. Don't torture us with all the crappy commercials that you come up with nowadays. Go back to the old, go on YouTube. We have, we're already watching all of them. Go on YouTube and run old commercials. And I guarantee people will not be going to the bathroom. They'll be watching Bob Euchre and Bubba Smith and the, and the frogs and the was up. Right? Well, you know, there should be a station that we could go to just to watch commercials because my husband loves commercials. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm surprised there isn't one. You know, there, there used to be specials like, like uh, uh, in fact, during the, during the, the, the buildup to the Super Bowl, they would, there would be a half hour special where they'd run some of the old favorites. Right. But I, I like your idea better, Karen. Uh, a half an hour of a commercials and then ten, a minute, maybe halfway through of a clip of some, 
that might be the way to um, I, I like that idea. I really do like that idea. I think, I wonder if we their own network. You know, know, if we get $10,000 from Siggy's Yogurt, that would be a good start. Hey, I think that's a great idea. I think so. I'm going to work on that. Okay. First thing I have is get some Siggy. No, yeah, I get some Siggy's Yogurt. Okay. So speaking of athletes and bad things that athletes do other than drinking Miller Lite. In China, this this is another. This is my favorite story of the week. In China, a 53, 52-year-old marathon runner finished the entire 26.2 miles of the Xiamen Marathon in three hours and 36 minutes, which is phenomenal for somebody who's 52 years old. I had that time, believe it or not, when I was 32 years old. This guy is 52 years old. Not only is he 52 years old, he ran it while smoke chain. Oh my smoke. God, no. That's a photo of him showing smoking wow. and running. Yeah. Smoking and running. The the witnesses, the other runners said that he, he smoked the entire time, the entire run. So uh, unfortunately, he was disqualified because of the smoking. Now, I, he, he has smoked in other races before, but um, that's what the, the, the director said, that it was because of smoking. But what the other runner said, the real reason why he was disqualified was because he kept offering cigarettes to the runner directly in front of him, <laughs> <laughs> hoping that he'd start choking and he could pass him up and move up in the standing. Um, apparently, um, his name is Uncle Chen. So, so I, I think I did a story a long time ago about him, Uncle Chen, running these races while smoking. Uh, in 2000. 22, he ran a, a marathon in three hours and 28 minutes. So under 3.30, which is a really, still a really good time for anybody. Uh, he placed 574th out of over 1,500 runners. So he, he actually placed pretty high, probably in his age group. Um, he, he started smoking and running in 2017. And um, uh, so they call him, the, at that time they saw him, they call him the smoking brother. Uh, now, I've I mentioned this before, and, I, and a lot of my, my uh, friends from high school uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, our, our priests were Franciscans, so, so we know all about brothers and friars. We had a Franciscan priest in high school. He wasn't the, 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 the um, smoking brother. Uh, he was uh, the, the drinking friar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we may have had a smoking brother too but but if you if you if you had class with the drinking friar you definitely didn't want to get too close to him with matches so got uh, it probably how did he keep the cigarette going i mean he'd have oh, to keep changing cigarettes sucking on him yeah I, I he maybe had a backpack of of uh uh, of cigarettes because i mean you know it takes how long does it take to smoke a cigarette i didn't even know anymore i, I don't no know idea. everybody yeah. vape now so you figure three hours and three, we could do the math, you know, six or seven minutes to smoke a cigarette, unless he was doing, um, you know, Virginia Slims, which are a silly millimeter longer, 101 yeah. millimeter. I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody, this is where we need John. Does anybody, any cigarette makers make the, those long cigarettes or are they all just the standard Winston? Gosh, I have no idea. Yeah. Or camel regulars without the filters. Um well, Boy, you can tell this is a filter cigarette. You can see it at his lips. Yeah, it's a filter yeah. cigarette. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's an athlete, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably menthol then. It's funny. My friend Don, um, and not, not Don the Bigfoot Don, but but Don who lives in um, uh, Cleveland, who is also a, um, uh, a, a fellow alumni, fellow high school friend of mine, also an environmentalist like the Don down in Florida. But he saw this and he mentioned to me that I think China has the highest number of smokers per capita in the world. So it's not surprising. He thought it was, wasn't surprising. Wow. He, he expected there might be more people smoking than just Uncle Chen. Uh, but anyways, I looked up the rules, <clears throat> believe it or not. The, the, the marathon committee issued a statement. He violated Article 2.12, which states, uncivilized behavior from runners such as get ready for this open defecation smoking or trampling on flower beds or green spaces that affect the race and the safety of other runners will result in disqualification now i can understand the smoking and i can understand open defecation 
impacting other runners. I don't know about running through flower beds. How right, that right. But, you know, the others should go without saying. New York City Marathon, it's very confusing because the, the in the New York City Marathon, every doorway you go past has somebody openly defecating in it. So, <laughs> you know, they get, they get confused. Are we allowed to do this or not? Uh, also from China, and I'll get off that subject uh, because I know Karen doesn't <laughs> appreciate those. A video making the rounds shows a man in northeastern China attempting to light, get ready for this, light his own farts. Uh, he's lying down, and here's, I have a clip, I, I, I have a photo. There's also a video oh of it. Oh, my. Trying to light his own farts, and he sets his pants on fire. So this is a photo of him. If you, if you Google lighting farts China, you will see this guy in the entire video where he gets up and rolls around on the ground to put the flames out on his pants. Um, due to the fact that, he, that his pants caught on fire, he didn't get into the fraternity that he was trying to get into. <laughs> lighting, lighting farts. <laughs> but if you go back far enough in history, I believe I believe that this is how they first prepared poo-poo platters. Oh um, my God, I'll never yeah, eat that yeah. again. <laughs> you know, and and I thought I thought this would be you know considering the age of our two uh, leading presidential candidates, this would be a good way to see who I want to vote for because both you you can guess that both of them are passing gas all the time at their age. <laughs> they said you forget solar power. This is the new green energy. So a lot of people are saying, hey, you know maybe we should we should all be doing this. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, Karen, I did the research. And there's actually a Wikipedia page on lighting farts, <laughs> which is how I found out that fart lighting is also known as pyroflatulence or that question I asked you before, flatus ignition. <laughs> it's, the, it's the practice of igniting the gases produced by flatulence. The resulting flame is often a blue hue Hence the act being known as a blue angel, a blue dart, or in Australia, a blue flame. So lighting farts is not just an American thing. It's international, just like what wow. in the world. Hey, yeah, how about I am that, so glad to know it's not just America. Well, there's more. The other colors of flame, such as orange or yellow, are possible depending on the mixture of gases forming in your colon. The Wikipedia page actually gave the chemical formula for farts both before and after they're lit. Before, <laughs> before it's methane plus oxygen. After, after you light it, it's water plus carbon dioxide. So that's what's happening over here. That wow. gives you, the, yeah. Aren't we the most educational podcast on the air today? I am so glad that we can educate our listeners. Now, now, for my friends in, I'm not going to mention his name, but for my friends in both high school and college, I had, I have a roommate, I had a roommate in college who used to light farts. Um, not, it wasn't John, so before you think I'm picking <laughs> up, I'm not going to mention his name. He doesn't listen to the podcast, but the next time I see him, I'll definitely tell him about it. He may have been inspired, though. This was, this was back when Frank Zappa was big, and he may have been inspired by the music of Frank Zappa because Frank Zappa often talked about the manly art of fart burning, and even did a song about it. Um, he said uh, uh, there was a there was a. Uh, in fact, I think I have a photo of Frank Zappa here. Because oh, I guess I don't have oh. a photo. Okay, that, we'll get to that one. Um, so he did a song called "Let's Make the Water Turn Black," which was on the 1968 Mothers of Invention album. We're only in it for the money. For those of you who uh, remember that album. And his lyrics for, for the song, Let's Make the Water Turn Black, said, Ronnie helping Kenny, helping burn his poots away. So that's the way he, he yeah, talked about lighting. And then the last line of the song is, wait till the fire turns green. Oh, so, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, and and the, there, there was a tale about uh, it was based on a true story of, of Kenny and um, Ronnie, who were friends of the band, who used to make um, alcohol, drinking, uh, you know, to booze out of raisin. And that's how, when they didn't have any any uh, blowtorch, they lit farts to fight, to, to light the, the, the oh heat. Oh, my the, God. Uh, 
Yeah, I know. Who says who says college students aren't in, in don't have ingenuity? That, they are uh, certainly innovative. Isn't that wild? Okay, so a set of Winston Churchill's teeth, false teeth, are up for auction, and they're expected to get at least ten thousand dollars when they go on sale in England next month. I didn't know this. Um, I think I have a I, we bought a photo up there. There's a picture of, of Winston Churchill and of the uh, false teeth in hmm. question. Uh, set in, in gold, okay, so he could afford it. Uh, these dentures were specifically built to maintain his natural lisp, which I didn't know he had either. So, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, it's hard to believe, um, number one, there was a time when there was a politician who actually missed, uh, you know, was proud of the fact that he had something false coming out of his mouth. Now, <laughs> right, they never admit it. Um, and John would have known this. He's our history guy. But Churchill was known for um, uh, he had he had multiple multiple dentures like that. And uh, he, there was a famous saying that he said, but I don't remember him saying it this way. I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. <laughs> he would have said if he had a lisp, right? <laughs> so so this is this is apparently well known. I didn't know this. So um, he lost his teeth while he was in his 20s. I think he served in World War I, so it could have been a war injury. So he carried two sets of dentures with him any time he went any place. His dentist, Wilfred Fish, designed them. Um, and his technician, Derek Cuddlelip, Cuddlelip, interesting name for a dental technician, uh, built them for him. And the first pair he gave, Churchill gave the dental technician a pair. And uh, his son inherited them, and he first put them up for auction in 2010. And he sold this pair for $23,000. So apparently, the the price if this sounds like um, uh, antiques roadshow, you know, the price the price in 2010 was $23,000. This year, they're only offering it for $10,000. So um, Churchill's value has gone down quite a bit. In the past. I guess, but, yeah. I guess, yeah. The uh, but the way do you hear this, Karen? This is the best part, and this this fits right into our, our modern times. According to Nigel, um, he said that his father would could always tell when how the war was going by how far Churchill threw his dentures after he took them out. So if the war was going really bad, he threw his dentures against the wall or a farther wall, uh, which sounds like something maybe both of our current candidates would do, but yes. at least one. No throws things against the wall, generally things that he's eating with ketchup on them. Uh, the the dentures were prone to breaking uh, because of that. So uh, he was Churchill was buried with the dentures with one set of them in his mouth uh, in case in case when he got to the the uh, Saint Peter and Saint Peter didn't recognize him. I'm a Winston <laughs> Churchill. <laughs> Interesting. And another yeah. one, another one is on display at the Hunter Hunterian Museum at the Royal College of Surgeons in London. So, um, so if you want to see them, if you know, if you don't want to bid on them, but you still want to see his dentures, they're on display in in London. If you if you take a visit there, I thought that was pretty um, a pretty interesting uh, yeah. tale there. On, uh, Almost on like Washington's wooden teeth, right? Like Washington's wooden teeth. You know, I don't know. that. I, I wonder if Washington's wooden, wooden teeth still exist or if termites got to them or something. In fact, uh, John would know this. Um, there, there would, I, I've heard stories that they weren't actually wooden, that that was right. an old politician's tale, that um, you know his opposition party probably planted that rumor uh, that, that you know he had wooden teeth and he had a girlfriend on the side and who knows what else he had? Uh, probably wore lifts. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wasn't that tall. Um, Washington was just was just in the news recently. I'm trying to figure out why they, they were they were uh, there was some I, somebody must have given a campaign speech near where Washington crossed the Delaware. Or, no, it was in Philadelphia. It was where you, where they had to camp during the winter and they were comparing that to how cold it was in Iowa and oh, you know, okay. Washington, you know, camped out.
with his troops and if if the first president could go out when it's cold, certainly presidential candidates can go up to Iowa when it's cold too. I think that's a good idea. So, all right. Well, normally at this time we would be uh, talking to John uh, for his uh, "What in the World of Sports" with John Danello. The um, uh, we mentioned earlier in the show that John had technical difficulties, and apparently his technical difficulties have continued until now. So. Rather than putting up John's logo, I think we'll bring that down and um, uh, we'll talk about um, Bluff the Co-host. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, tell you what, not having John here has really, uh, really screwed up the schedule of our of, of, of my own mental uh, capacity to uh, <laughs> figure out where we're going next. But there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. I can do those. The man, woman, person. Camera TV. There we go. Okay. I can. <laughs> I, can. <laughs> I passed the cognitive test for those of you who are political savvy out there. All right. Well, Bluff the co host is everybody's favorite weird new show, especially a good friend of ours, Paul, who I've, I've known for a, lo a long time when we did a puppet show together. Uh, <laughs> yes, friends, if you're just tuning in. <laughs> never heard my background before my varied background let's see i was in the computer business i was a comedy writer for the tonight show and i also worked for a puppet show boy you know scraping the bottom of the barrel it was actually a great job it was a fun tv show for kids we did it in columbus ohio called taylor's attic good good old friend of mine taylor mason and i uh were, were lucky enough to do a children's show two seasons of it and paul was one of our puppeteers during i believe the second season so he's a good listener on the show and he, and he always lets me know that he loves bluff the co-host as it. does since since we're doing shout outs here um i'm going to do a repeat shout out from last week to our buddy brian um who, who brought me the cheese <laughs> you remember the, the the cheese statue right and i got I got more mileage out of that cheese statue. We went out to dinner with some friends of ours who were also friends of Brian. So I said, I said, you remember Brian? <laughs> look at look at what he sends me on the show. <laughs> and our, our friend Cindy, who is also a friend of the show, she she tune, she and her husband Rich tune in every once in a while. And they said, Oh yeah, that's Brian, you know. So they understood completely. They laughed. They said, Hi, Brian. So all right, so we 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 um we need to get to bluff the cold. I know I, people have waited with bated breath. So, uh, for those of you who haven't uh, listened to the show before, bluff the co-host uh, is basically three stories, news stories similar to the ones that I've been telling all afternoon. One big difference: all of those were real, straight off the internet. You know, it couldn't be more real than that. The ones in bluff the co-host may be real, they may be a bluff, and it's up to Karen and John if he were here. I'll be playing for John. And our, our, those of you listening both now and in the future to decide, real or bluff. Okay. Gambling is allowed, uh, so, so place your bet. <clears throat> Let me get a drink of water here because I'm going to be reading for quite a while here. <laughs> All right, Karen, hand on the buzzer, and let's get to story number one. Hedgehog lovers in England are concerned about the large drop in the nation's hedgehog population recently. And they're blaming it on robot lawnmowers being used on large estates. So the makers of the mowers have developed hedgehog crash test dummies to help develop safer robotic mowers. The dummies look like real hedgehogs and the software in the mowers is being modified to decide if a bump in the grass is an animal or a clump of grass or a dog turd and either, or, or, or a hedgehog, and either turn around or keep on going over it. If the hedgehog crash test dummies work, look for squirrels to demand their own crash test dummies so that they stop getting run over by those auto-driven Teslas. Okay, crash test hedgehog dummies to test <laughs> robotic lawnmowers from England. Real or bluff, Karen? What do you say? You know, I hope it's really a bluff because why does it have to look like a hedgehog? I mean, it hasn't all these years. You're just automating it, right? So I'm going to say it's a bluff. Karen says it's a bluff. Okay. Karen says it's a bluff. Why would they have to look like hedgehogs? That's your logic there. 
Now, at this point in the show, if, if John were here, he would give us a long, <laughs> detailed, logical explanation for why he agrees with Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so both of you say that that's a bluff. Is that correct? That's John correct. John is nodding somewhere out in cyberspace. John is nodding. Let's check with the judges. And the judges say, oh, look. <laughs> you showed up. Say, he, he just popped up. Oh, John. You're both wrong. You're both wrong. That's a yeah. real story, believe yes. it or not. Hello, we can't John. Can see you hear you, us? But we can hear you. Oh, Lynette's here. So that's that's how I was able to to, to get ah, to the lovely yeah. Annette. Whoa, oh, thank there you we go. All right. He pulls in just at the last moment. Just Annette, in time Annette saves me again. Annette says, Well, here it is. I have two sets. Yeah, I will I'll tell you later. I'll tell you guys later. Hey, so <laughs> Can I can I participate in the last uh, or is that the last? Yeah, one? we just the the score is tied, nothing to nothing. Yeah. I was playing for you. Uh, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so shout out to the Cavaliers. Oh, that's shout right. John's got his Cavaliers hat on. How many wins in a row? Eight in a row, and uh, they're playing really great basketball with with a team that's really uh, you know depleted. They've got, I mean, they're one of their best players is out, and then the other play another player, Darius yeah. Garland, out with a fractured jaw. And yeah. um, and you uh, need to go Mobley. out to play basketball. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> no, I know, I know. And then, and then Mobley is hurt also, but they're playing fantastic. But shout out to the Detroit Lions. In fact, I oh, was looking right. for I was looking for a Detroit Lions baseball cap for today's show, but I was thwarted in that. I was not able to do that. But that, shout uh, out to the Lions. Great job by them. And uh, you know, should be interesting. Uh, le- le- the final four teams. I mean, see who can make it to the Super Bowl, right? That's kind that's of right. Uh, that's right. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. how did the show? How did the show go overall? I mean, with everything. So, I mean, but John, we're still recording right now. I know you are. Well, I'm oh, just. Okay. Well, we're, we're in the middle of the and everybody's uh, waiting for the. Well, yeah, for the I'll, last I'll two think we're so, You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. So the score for those of you who are still with us, the score is nothing to nothing. John is here, so let's get right to the uh, John hand on the buzzer. Don't forget, and uh, <laughs> we'll get right to story number two. A Good. popular location for a tattoo on women is the lower back area, which has come to be known as the tramp stamp after Hollywood madam Heidi Fleiss flashed hers to the jury at her trial in the 1990s. It didn't help. Now, the tramp stamp has taken on a new popularity as the post office of Sweden announced it is issuing a line of tramp stamp, tramp stamps, featuring pictures of various celebrity Tramp stamps. The tramp stamps are from Swedish actresses, athletes, and pop stars and will include their name, but nothing that would cause the stamps to be offensive. It's all in good fun from those fun loving, tattoo wearing Swedes. Okay, John, we'll start with you. So, Sweden is coming out with a line of stamps of tramp stamps belonging to famous female Swedish people. Real or bluff? Well, you know, it's we all know that Scandinavia has been known to be liberal in a lot of different areas, um, and this doesn't surprise me in a way. However, this is one that I pray is a bluff. I mean, how do you have how do you have a post office system? Okay, that is a national system doing something like this. It's not in good taste. I mean, it just isn't, and uh, I don't know how you get around it. I mean. Um, I, I would. I hope it's a bluff. I just hope it's a bluff. Okay, John hopes it's a bluff. Karen, how about you? Well, I hope it's a bluff too. But I just want to say that the governments will do whatever the heck they want to do to make some money. So, oh, but it's a bluff. Oh, yeah, there you are. Sure. Good point. That's a good point. Good point. Okay, so both Karen and John say the tramp stamp, tramp stamps from Sweden are a bluff. Let's check with the judges, and the judges say you're both right. It's a bluff. All right. Thank goodness. My faith in humanity is restored. Very good. Well, the danger, of course, in doing something like this, John and Karen and everybody out there is, you know, you put the tramp stamp on the front. People are going to be licking that side. They're not going to be licking the other side. (laughs) Oh, that's very very possible. (laughs) possible. All right, folks, that's very possible. All right. All right, just for John, I threw that one in. Let's see. So the score is tied one to one. 
uh, points are doubled in round number three, but it doesn't matter. It's whoever gets the 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 right answer uh, is the winner. And if we have a tie, we don't care. Everybody goes home happy. So that's let's right. Go that's right. Story number three. You don't have to be a Star Trek fan to recognize the Vulcan hand sign made famous by Mr. Spock on the series and in the movie. However, if you can't make one yourself, you may want to keep it to yourself as a new psychological study using finger flexibility found that people who can't make the Vulcan salute are more prone to be psychopaths than those who can. It sounds illogical, but the genes which control splitting your fingers are linked to those that also cause some psychopathic tendencies. While psychopaths who can't make the Vulcan sign might still live long and prosper, you don't want to know how they prospered. Okay, so a psychological study which found that people who can't make the Mr. Spock Vulcan sign are more prone, prone to be psychopaths. Real or bluff? Karen, we'll start with you. Well, I first have to say that his hand sign goes back way before Mr. Spock. Oh, because really? Because if, if you are lighting Sabbath candles on Friday night, that's the way you're supposed to hold your hands. Oh, really? And my mother tried teaching me how to do that. And I, oh, wow. I, I can't do it. So I must be a psychopath. And, uh -oh. and I'm going to hope this is false. Uh-oh. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That, that's great. That's great. So, <laughs> so, so Karen can't make it, can't do the Vulcan sign, but she's hoping she's not a psychopath. So that means you think it's a bluff? Bluff, yes. Bluff, okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure because Karen has never shown any psychopathic tendency that we Not could that you see. Know of. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we haven't asked her husband yet. So Karen says it's a bluff. John, how about you? Well, I have a confession to make. Uh, I cannot do the Vulcan hand sign either, but I don't think that I'm a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> but but I, no, I, I agree with Karen. I think that's a bluff. Um, and uh, like I said, again, not trying to, uh, um, you know, incriminate myself in any way. But uh, <laughs> this is another one I praise. Is, 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 let's hope it's a bluff, right? Let's you hope, hope it's, it's I was waiting for you. I hope it's a bluff because I don't want to be a psychopath. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And for those of you who are not watching on YouTube and can't see the fact, I am the only one of the three who can make the Vulcan hand <laughs> So. Just so you know. <laughs> All right. Both of you say it's a bluff. Let's check with the judges. And the judges agree with you. That is definitely a bluff. Oh, right. Thank yeah. God. We're not psychopaths. Maybe you should just check in for the last two all the time now, and I'll be like, perfect. I'll, I'll get Oh, there right. you go. <laughs> no, John, we missed, oh, we, missed your, we missed your savvy uh insights on some of our historical stories that we had and we definitely missed our your sport so for those of you who are listening and are fans of john's segment uh john's sport will be shown in its entirety on our next show next tuesday uh but we're thrilled that you made it back just in time john so i want to thank you i'll, I'll salute you up front here first uh yeah so well thanks great, paul and yeah. great seeing you got thank you to your lovely wife for uh Solving we your to, yes, we have to thank my wife for bailing me out again. So again, yeah, so, yeah again, that's right. Late, but I'll be on time next week. <laughs> John used to have a pole in his basement where he would notch every time his wife bailed him out, and it's now a toothpick. So yeah, uh, that's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's that's a true story. <laughs> hey, we oh, can all God. relate, John. Trust me, we all have one. Great to see okay. you. Um, and I'll give you a call later. We'll catch up on what the technical problems were. Uh, and then, of course, we want to thank Karen Hale, our media mogul, uh, producer, uh, host, and, um, and, and all around great person at newclevelandradio.net. Um, she produces our podcast. She produces all the great podcasts she has on newclevelandradio.net. Uh, please visit the, the website. Find out how to download our show. Find us on YouTube. And then once you do that, check check out some of the other great podcasts she had. And then also, if you're looking for a coach, find out how you can uh, contact her for Yes, I Can Coaching with Karen. Uh, 
you know, she's been, <laughs> she's been coaching us on this show. It's, uh, you know, I, uh, for whatever that, no, I'm, no, she hasn't been coaching us. <laughs> because, <laughs> you think you're so you know, a little bit today yeah. would be a poor sales pitch for Karen. <laughs> she's much better than that. She's much better than that. So Karen, thanks again for everything thank you, you do. And, and most of all, we want to thank all of our listeners out there, either live watching us on YouTube in now or in the future uh, or in your ear on, on Spotify and Apple, whatever you listen to us, uh, to us to. We really do appreciate you being part of the show, listening to us. I hope you have as much fun as we do. Uh, always fun to give shout outs to our old friends and, and to new friends. So I'm always watching on Facebook. We, we are picking up more people who are commenting about the show every week. We really love to hear from you. Um, and uh, and you're the reason why we keep doing this every week. So uh, without uh, without further ado, we will be back next week on Tuesday. Is that right, Karen? Absolutely. We'll yep. be here on Tuesday. on Tuesday. Okay. So we'll see you all then. Take care. Have a good week, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.